Hebrews chapter 13. And you look at this, and this is probably one of my favorite passages in the Bible as a pastor um, speaking to a congregation and how our relationship should be. I don't know if you've ever heard um, a sermon where somebody's got up and said, so how should our relationship be? How should your relationship with Tim be? How should your relationship with Rick and Chalmer be? How should your relationship with the leadership be? It's one thing to make a challenge to Tim to do certain stuff, but to have godly leadership, you need people who will godly follow that leadership as well. And that's not easy. Let me tell you why it's so hard to follow people right now, our spiritual leaders. Here's why. Uh, here, here's a reason. Christian media. Now, I, I love the fact that I could download Insight for Living and have that on my iPad and listen to Chuck Swindoll at any time. I love Chuck Swindoll. I love the way he preaches. He reaches my heart. He is an incredible communicator. He understands the Bible. He gives the Bible, all that. But here's what happens. We get so lit listening to all this Christian media and all these sermons and all these things online. I want you to listen to godly people. Don't get me wrong. That's not bad. But then when we come to church and then instead of hearing Dr. Jeremiah, you're listening to Dr. Jeremy. And instead of listening to Tim Challies, you're listening to Tim Challies. How many of you know Tim Challies? Anybody know Tim Challies? If you ever want to listen to somebody who's famous, who's got amazing articles that write well, listen to Tim Challies. But we have Tim Challey with us. You want to listen to a, an amazing sermon, listen to Dr. Jeremiah. But guess what? You got Dr. Jeremy with you. There's a difference. So without even noticing this and without even understanding this, our Christian media that's out there is leading to congregations coming and hearing those spiritual leaders and saying, that was okay, but I really get a lot out of Chuck Swindoll. So I go to him. But do you realize that Chuck Swindoll doesn't know your name? Do you realize that Chuck Swindoll is not praying for you? Do you realize that Chuck Swindoll is really not watching out for your soul? And so there's another way. Look at this next thing that makes it hard for people to follow spiritual leadership, American individualism. We think we're all right without God. You know what? It's, it's really true. In America, you can probably make it without God. How do you like that? You could probably feed your family and not have to worry about anything and get a nice job. You can get a nice house. You can get a nice this and do all this that without even praying. There's people who do it all the time. But yet we need God. And yet we need the church. But yet people say this, you know what? I don't need anybody to tell me anything. I don't need any leaders. I can do this on my own. In fact, my opinion is better than yours. And you know what my response to that is? It probably is. Your opinion is better. But that doesn't mean that we're not spiritual leaders. Look at the next thing. Anti-authoritarian mindset. Do you remember what it was? Some of you are teachers, some of you are coaches, some of you understand that back in the days, and I, even back in my day, and I'm not that old, when a child was to act up and a parent went to the teacher and said, your child is acting up, guess what? That child was in big, big trouble. Yes. Now, guess what happens? The child acts up, 
the coach or the, or the parent or the pastor, you name anyone, into, they, someone else goes into the parents and says, you know what? Your child is acting up. What does the parent do? Instead of asking the child to get his act right, they go after the authority. And what we don't realize is we're teaching our children to not respect authority. And they're going to repeat that cycle. With their, wow, I, I can't even think a hundred years from now how the kids are going to be when it comes to authority. But we live in that mindset that no, all authority is wrong. They abuse, and people do abuse authority. We understand that. So how do we handle this? How do we biblically handle this? Let's look at this wonderful scripture. We're going to go through it real quick. Only one verse today. Let's look at what God would want us to do. Our healthy relationship with the leadership. Look at this here. Notice verse 17. It says this. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Now, let's look at this verse. This is an amazing verse. He starts out by saying this. Two commands here. Obey. Now, interesting Greek word. It's not used anywhere else in the New Testament. It's not used to say obey like you have to obey. But what it's saying is allow yourself to be persuaded. Or we could, we could transfer it. Have confidence in your spiritual leadership. Trust in them. Now, this is hard. Because distrust leads to more distrust. And you can't expect the moment you come into a church that somebody is going to automatically trust you. You have to earn that. I understand that. And you have to build that. And you have to maintain that. And there's ways of doing that. But here's what he's saying here. Allow yourselves to be persuaded. Allow your heart to listen. Don't shut down. Allow it to be. Allow some trust. I'm not going to trust anyone. Allow that to happen. I'll never forget when I first came here, I preached a sermon and I was going through, actually I taught, I taught in Sunday school, I was going through Galatians chapter 5 and I was giving each word in the Greek of what it meant to walk in the flesh. Somebody wrote me three months later, listen to this, said I finally looked at that Greek word you mentioned and guess what, you were right. But you know what? I haven't trusted in you for three months because I thought you were wrong. Do you imagine the heart of that person when I was teaching? What are you going to teach me? What are you going to say to me? What are you? Then looked it up and said, oh, oh, by the way, you're right. You know what he's saying here? Allow your heart to be persuaded. Look what else he's saying. Submit. And the word there is to yield or to comply. Even if you may not agree with them, yield and allow. Now, now there are limits on this. Because no spiritual leader can ever tell you to sin or to violate God's commands. When that happens, run. You should not be around. Run from that person. You should never listen to that person. He's not saying submit it, all, all things. Because here's what happens. There's leaders out there. There's one guy that told people to drink poison. And like 800 of them drank poison and they died. Don't do that. That's not what it's saying. But he's saying, allow yourself to yield. Your opinion may not be their opinion. You may not, but it doesn't violate scripture. Allow yourself to yield to the spiritual leadership. Wow, that's hard. 
He's saying have confidence in them. Comply in them. You say, why in the world would I ever do that? He's going to give us three important reasons here. And we're going to look right at it right in the text. This verse has two commands. We're going to allow ourselves to be persuaded. We are to yield to them. Here's why. Why should we have confidence? First thing is, your spiritual leaders watch out for your souls. Look at what this verse says here. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your what? Souls. He uses a strong word here for the word to keep watch means that they stay awake. What he's saying in this verse is that the spiritual leadership keep watch over what? Not your physical, watch over your spiritual being. How do you know a spiritual leader loves you? Here it is. He cares more about your soul than your friendship. And there are going to be times when that's challenged. When they may have to say something to you that may hurt that friendship, but yet they care more about your souls than they do about your friendship. That means they're worried about whether or not you're saved because your soul's in danger. They're worried about whether or not you're, you're spiritually all right with God. You haven't fallen into the flesh, the world, or the devil and believing those spiritual. They're worried about that. They're, they're worried about how you are walking with, with the Lord. Spiritual leadership. See, people talk about what is leadership. Leadership is really, if you want to talk about physical leadership, leadership is about moving people from where they are to where they ought to be. Spiritual leadership is about moving people with God's means, moving people from where they are to where God wants them. They watch over your souls. They're attentive to how your soul is doing. They care about your soul. This is not an easy task. And he's saying, he's saying, trust in them, confide in them, comply with them and, and let them, let yourself be healed. Why? Because they're watching over your very soul. How do they do that? They preach the word. They share the word of God with you. How do they do that? They pray for you. How do they do that? They come into your life and they walk alongside you. They know who you are and they mention things that may bring spiritual disaster in your life. They protect you. That's some job. It's a great job. But he says, well, here's why you should do it because they're watching over your souls. They're watching over your spiritual lives. I love that word soul because it's it's the word suke in the Greek. It's the word there that means the soul, the life, the inner being, the spiritual life of the person. We're not here to tell you uh, where to move. We're not here to tell you where, whether or not to wear a mask or get a vaccine or do all that. We're not here for that stuff. We are here to care about your soul. Your soul. That matters. And so we mention things like the gospel. And we mention things like God's word. And we pray for you that God would help you to be all you can be. They watch over your souls. Look at this next thing here. Not only do they watch over your souls, your spiritual leaders must answer to God. i never forget I was in a meeting and one pastor said, I don't have to answer for anybody but myself. That is wrong. Every spiritual leader must stand before God. And not only give an account for his own life, but give an account for those who are under his care. Amen. 
That makes me tremble when I think about it. Every believer will stand before God. But every pastor, every elder, every spiritual leader will stand before God, not only for themselves, but God's going to say, now let me talk about La Iglesia Bautista de Bellavista. When you were pastoring there, Jeremy, how did you take care of them? And let me talk about Widefield Community Bible Church when, when so-and-so walked in and they didn't know the gospel and you just pat them on the back, Jeremy. How did you take care of them? Or they weren't walking with the Lord. How did you take care of them? Let's talk about that as well. I got to give an account for other people's souls. That's tremendous. So somebody says, I'm not going to follow anybody. I'm not going to remember this. They one day will hold, they will be accountable to God for how they lead you. And if that doesn't make them tremble, I don't know what will. And he says, you got to understand, they're watching over your souls. And not only that, they're going to give an account for that and how they did that. That's why you got to stand before some people. <laughs> I, I tremble. I still tremble. It's amazing when you got to look at them and say, you know, I appreciate the testimony you shared, but guess what? That's not salvation. They look at you and say, what do you mean? Nobody's ever doubted my faith before. I'm sorry, I got to stand before God with this. What you told me is not salvation. Something is wrong here. When somebody tells me, I don't care about my family, I'm going to leave my family and go, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, we got to talk about this. Because we got to stand before God for how you're walking with the Lord. Now there's something that Depends upon the congregation. Look at these next words. He says, Obey your leaders, submit to them, for they will watch over your souls as those who are given account. They will stand before God. Now here's how we ought to do it. Let them do this with what? It says here, with joy. Your obedience makes life better for all involved. Watch this. Let them do this with joy and not with what? Grief. This is an amazing verse. Because you can either bring pain or pleasure to spiritual leadership. Did you know that? And this is in your hands, by the way. Somebody say, well, he's really getting in. Oh, no, we got to get out of here. Well, listen to this. This is important. You can either bring pain or pleasure to spiritual leadership. You say, how do I bring pain or pleasure to spiritual leadership? You want to bring pleasure? Let's start with the pleasure, then I'll get on the pain for a moment. But the pleasure, look at the pleasure. Let him do this with joy. How can you bring joy to your spiritual leaders? Look at this verse. This is one of my favorites. How do you bring joy to your spiritual leaders? I have no greater joy than this, to hear my children walking in the truth. There it is, as simple as that. You want to bring joy to spiritual leaders, understand the gospel, accept the gospel, and live out the gospel. There is no greater joy than to see people get saved and walk with the Lord. That's exciting stuff. There's no greater joy to see people who have a heart for God. I look at it and I watch and I see people amazing what God is doing in their lives. And I say, wow, there is no greater joy than doing that. There, that is joy. There is joy in that. There's excitement in that. But guess what? There's a flip side to this. There is pain. You want to know what's painful? You want to know what that word grief means? That word grief means groaning. Have you ever met a groaning pastor? How are you doing this week? Oh, 
Oh man. So and so boy. So and so mm. so and so so and so and your heart just aches because so and so drives you absolutely crazy. Or your heart is in tremendous pain because so-and-so has heard the gospel a hundred times but just won't accept it. Or so-and-so knows they ought to love their families but is not doing it. Or so-and-so knows that they ought to forgive someone else in the church but they're not doing it or forgiven. Or so-and-so knows what is going on but will not listen to anyone, especially God. And it says here there's groaning going on in the heart. Why? Because they're, they're, they're these self-willed. They won't submit. They're, they're stubborn people who think they know better than God. And they live their lives that way. And nobody's going to tell them nothing. And they're going to continue to do it. And their lives become a disaster. And I've watched it. Not because I know better than God. I don't. But you just let them know, look, I've seen this before, but if you go down this pattern, this is going to lead to disaster. Oh, you don't know nothing. I'm going to live my own life. And then what do you hear? Disaster. That's pain. I don't rejoice in that. That is painful. When you sit before somebody and that happens. It says, don't make them groan. Somebody says this. How do you know if you make somebody groan or not? Are they happy when they see you walk in the room or are they happy when they see you walk out? <laughs> If they're happy when they see you walk out, they're groaning because they're, you're in there. Something's wrong. But watch this. This is an amazing verse. Look at this. You say, Jeremy, you're doing this just for Tim and the spiritual leaders. You want them to have joy. Watch this. This is incredible. Obey your leaders. Submit to them for they, they have watch over your souls. As those who are given account, let them do this with joy and not with grief. Why? Look at these next words. Don't miss this word. For this would be unprofitable, and you would think that it would say at the very end of this, for them. That if you don't bring them joy, and if you bring them pain, they're not going to have a great life. But that's not what it's saying. Look what it says here. This would be unprofitable for who? For you. Here's what it's saying. If we're going to live stubborn, unsubmissive lives, lives, are we, if we're going to live self-willed lives and not follow those spiritual leaders that God has put into our lives, our spiritual lives are going to suffer, not only theirs. In other words, we'll say this. We will never be what God wants us to be if we don't obey this verse. Before I came to this church, I talked to the last pastor. He said to me, don't go there. And he said, don't go there. Because the glory of God has left this place, Ichabod. He said, and the people will not follow you. They won't. So I came here saying, ah, yeah, this guy doesn't know nothing. They'll follow me. I walk in and follow me. They better follow me. I'm Italian. I'll whack them. They're going to follow me. They'll disappear. I'll get a black car out there. They'll be gone in two weeks. They're gone. They're going to follow me. I get here and guess what? They didn't follow me either. In fact, two months in, I had somebody screaming at me in my office. Threats were coming in. 
I mean, it was I was getting it from all angles. I had one guy who was just talking about, holy cow, what did I do? I finally went before the church. I remember a year and a half into this, and I said, you know what? We can continue the pattern of this, or we can make a change. But let me tell you this. What happened with him is that he eventually got sick of it and said, I'm out of here. I'm not going to, I can't lead anymore. This is, there's no way. No, they don't want to follow. I'm gone. I said, that same thing can happen to us. Me and my family, we can get up and we can go. But what's going to happen to you? Same pattern over and over again. Do you see what happens to churches when that happens? When people don't want to follow their spiritual leaders, guess what happens? I'll tell you what happens to church. We've seen it. He's, he's dealing with it more and more as, as, as the revitalization of Tim is seeing the churches and pastors leaving and pastors going and pastors running and elders resigning and all this. Here's what's happening to them. Their spiritual lives are struggling. They are immature. They're, they, they have led to lives that are not pleasing God. They'll never be what God wants to be. Why? Because they won't follow anyone. And this is what he's saying here. You, it'll be unprofitable for you. Let's make this even deeper. Somebody who is unsaved and you look him in the eyes and you tell him you need the gospel and they look at you and say you're crazy. Guess what? Not only is it unprofitable for them, they are the ones headed to an eternal hell. Somebody who looks at a spiritual leader and says, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to submit. I don't, I don't care what the Bible says. I'm not going to submit. They're the ones that are headed to spiritual danger. Now, of course, pastors struggle. I got a friend who's been pastoring for 10 years. And somebody in his church told him some mean things. And he wrote a letter in his defense and it was really sad. And I don't know if he's going to survive the church. You say, how can we avoid all that? Look at the next couple of words. As you ask yourself, do I bring joy or grief to my spiritual leaders? Look at these next couple of words. Pray for who? Us. I really believe that as a church gets down and prays for their spiritual leaders and prays for their own hearts, that God would work in their own hearts, I really believe that God makes these verses by his Holy Spirit easier to follow. They're never easy to follow, but easier to follow. It's exciting to see, and I'll tell you, I thank God that I pastor here with joy. Don't worry, you're not people that I look at and I can't wait to get out of here and I get, I'm happy about. You're not. It is different than 2015, believe me. Ask my wife. I'm not tossing and turning all night talking about so-and-so. Those days are gone. Maybe a couple of you, but I'm not going to mention it. All right? Especially if somebody's waving it around going, I'm preaching. I won't mention anybody. But I will say this. It is exciting when I hear, hey, Jeremy, you know what? We're praying for the leadership. We're praying for you guys. We care about you guys. We're praying for God to work in your heart. We're praying for the church. Because God can do that. We're imperfect leaders. We don't have all the answers. 
And as you've seen this last, in 2020, you've seen, you could, you could survey all the churches around here. People led through this COVID thing differently. There was people who, you had to wear a mask right at the door. People who can care less about masks. People who, they spread the auditorium. People who can care less about the auditorium. I mean, it was all over the map. But I will say this. Each one of those pastors will stand before God on how they led their congregations through that. But here's what God wants out of us as a congregation. To obey. To what? To allow our hearts to be persuaded. To what? To submit. To yield. Our opinions may not be the same. But you know what? I'm going to yield my opinion. I'm going to yield. Why? Because they really care about my souls. Why? Because one day they're going to stand before God. Why? Because it's going to be unprofitable if I don't do that. My spiritual life is in danger here. So I want to serve. And how can I do that? The writer of Hebrews says, pray for us. One guy asked Charles Spurgeon, so how is it? What's the secret of what's going on in your life? You know what he said? My people pray for me. My people pray for me. So as we accept him, we're not just accepting him and saying, hey, wow, he's going to lead us in the word. He's going to watch over our souls. He's going to do all this. We're accepting him saying, you know what, Tim? Thank you so much for coming. What an amazing and awesome responsibility you're taking on. You're going to watch over my soul. You're going to stand before God and how you watch over my soul. And I want you to do this with joy and not with grief. But I am promising this. I am going to pray for you. And ask God to help you to be the leader that you ought to be. So there's a responsibility on your side as well. Tim, I want to invite you up. I want to mention a couple of things here. And then we're going to, as a congregation, say this here. Look at this. 